Hi everybody, I'm Ralph Benmergi. Welcome to Plan B. And uh, on Plan B, we are talking COVID-19 all the time at this point in time, because we want to be able to help you to sift through the good and bad information we're getting about an unprecedented uh, period of time for Canadians. Uh, To talk about the, well, let me talk about it for a moment. The mental health aspect of isolation and pandemic. It's not just one or the other. Uh, I, I thought about this for a while because I realized that I can't see this. I can't taste it. I can't smell it. I can't touch it. I don't know where it is. I don't know if I have it. I don't know if somebody else has it. I don't know what I should do. I don't know where I should go. I don't know where I shouldn't go. I'm home alone. I'm with my kids. I'm trying to homeschool. Uh, I every t- Last night we had a um, uh, a dinner with family, except nobody was here. And all day long, I kept thinking, I have to clean up the house. But nobody was here. It was on Zoom. So all of these things are about, you know, that kind of traumatic situation that we find ourselves in. So to navigate that, I've asked Dr. Caddy Kamkar, who is a clinical psychologist at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, to help us navigate a bit of this territory that is uh, really uh, unchartered for so many people. And uh, she joins me now. Hello, how are you? Thank you so very much uh, for having me. Um, tremendously honored and delighted, and especially during this very challenging time. And what I really appreciate is all the list of very much, yes, the stresses, the worries, and the list of questions that is on everyone's mind, right? So for example, when you mentioned, well, what am I supposed to do? Where should I go? What can I touch? Well, now I cannot have anyone over. How can I deal with everything here at home all at once? So we do have, of course, here, one million questions and a lot of worries. And it is very understandable because of all the uncertainty that we are all going through. I mean, what we have noticed is really really globally, that suddenly, uh, drastically, uh, our everyday life, our everyday routine and structure, everything has been shattered. So, of course, there are tremendous worries and stresses related to, um, it could be employment, finances, housing stability, uh, child care, uh, support for elderly, the fear of having an infection, the fear of transmitting infection to someone else. And what we are also noticing, and that's very much related to the very great examples that you have provided, it's a grief also. Mm-hmm. Um, we can very much associate COVID with grief, and grief here, it does work on a continuum. Continuum from, you know, missing what people say. Oh, I miss, you know, the going out every day for my little coffee. I'm grabbing my newspaper. I can take the public transit. I'm going to my work office. I'm dropping my child off to the, of course, to the other extreme, which is the death and the losses and, and so on. So it's definitely a lot of grief going on as well. So let's talk a little bit about, okay, some of these pieces we can break down. So lack of predictability, what does that do and what can we do in a mental health uh, way to combat that lack of predictability? What do we do? What do we do with that? So right now, as we all know, the more we are able to break anything into pieces and to focus on what we have control over, that's key. So yes, 
the lack of predictability related to the uncertainty we do know right now is a significant stressor driving a lot of anxiety and of course the worries. So we do need to look at what are specifically in terms of the lack of predictability. So we do know it range so and of course individual differences from you know lack of predictability it could be related to my employment to my finances to uh, i'm going to go out and i'm going to go grocery shopping what can i touch i cannot touch am i going to be okay when even i'm going to come home am i going to be safe to when is this going to be over how is the life going to be when everything might return to some kind of normalcy so whole stuff on predictability but here is really focusing on one day at a time one week at a time we do need to very much prioritize our worries so worries from these are the current worries versus potential worries mm -hmm. so current worries are what are the problems and the worries that really i'm focusing on right now and once we have that list we want to put our time and energy into what i'm able i'm, I'm able to focus on i have control over Potential worries right now do not exist, might not become true, but we, we certainly do not have the time and energy to really work on them. And also because they're not present right now, there's nothing we can do. And maybe there's something in scheduling yourself. If, you, if, if predictability is in play and the lack of it, uh, why not make sure that you get dressed in the morning, that you have a routine, that you say at 930, I'm going for a walk, that you, you know, I, I think homeschooling with kids, I'm, I tell them every morning, this is what you're doing. Now we're doing this. Now we're doing that. And I think that might be something that helps, right? You're absolutely right. And I think that your concrete examples um, are tremendously helpful because we do know that as human beings, we function best whenever there is a routine, whenever there is a structure. So here, of course, it's true. This is for all of us how we can, and it's an individualized self-care we need to adopt, individualized self-care approach, how every day we do need to set up the structure and routine. And so for everyone is going to vary, but of course it will be time to set to, to get up in the morning. Uh, we wanna make sure we have a glass of water, we engage in a stretching exercise, we have breakfast. And of course, for some people it's, it is work from home and essentially scheduling the activities. But again, when we schedule activities, flexibility is important because we might set goals for the day, but other priorities might set in as well, which is totally fine. But that will be, we need to reset again the priorities. And as part of the activities for the day, we always need to ensure that, yes, there is a healthy diet involved. Um, we do have, we had the chance to engage in exercise and definitely keeping in touch as well. Because as you mentioned also earlier, there is a lot of isolation going on. Um, we, uh, most people feel lonely and we are lonely, but at the same time, thanks to technology, uh, we're also not lonely as we are able to keep in touch. We are able to reach out and like, you know, your show right now, uh, which is great as well. We are able to just connect. And, and all of us talk about what we are, each of us are going through right now. And immobility, you know, that in a trauma situation, it's a fight or flight impulse for people. And in this case, you can't run away. There's no country you can go to. There's no place you can be. You're stuck with yourself. And, and as you said, moving your body, getting your body to do d different things. You know, some people do Tai Chi, some people do Qigong, some people take a run, some people get on a bike. But doing some of that 
I'm sure that helps us be able to overcome that loss of agency, that loss of choice that I can go where I want. You know, um, Ralph, you mentioned two things that I want to make sure that I pick up on and uh, because they're so important as part of our health. First of all, when we talk about health, it's physical health and mental health. Health is health. Whether we're talking about our physical health and mental health. Um, the first thing here, you know, you mentioned the flight and fight response. I think that a lot of people report even feeling very tired. There's a sense of slowness involved. Um, and, and that's, yes, this is true because we do know with all the threats going on, everyone's flight and fight response, this inbuilt alarm system that we all have, is activated uh, because we all hearing there's a threat, there's a sphere of infection and the spread and so on. And one of the best ways actually to also best cope is engaging in physical exercise. Um, any type of exercise, we all know even stretching exercise can make a significant difference. The variety of apps actually, um, now that people can engage in virtually, uh, there are some people who tell me there are YouTube apps for yoga. There are also some um, apps now as well where people can join in and engage in a dancing class. Anything that people can do at home, and of course, some people also decide to go outside for their nice walk, um, enjoy the sun, as long as, of course, they're able to engage in physical distancing. But anything where we can also physically move our body is tremendously important. Physical exercise has a direct relationship with our health, physical health and mental health. Same thing for healthy diet. Anything we eat um, is directly related to our health. Now, some people say to me, oh, you know, Katy, I had this and, and you're not going to be happy and I, I ate this. I said, no, cook. Good for you. Enjoy it. It's part of our, um, again, individualized health approach. You want to include treat? Absolutely. Obviously, we don't want to have the treat every day, but of course, you want to have little treats as part of your individualized healthcare approach so that then you know you stick to it. You can also have a sense of ownership. There's a apparently a bit of a mini boom in baking going on, that people are actually starting to make things again. I mean, one of the advantages of this situation is the pause that we're in, the sabbatical that we're taking from our daily lives. Is I've seen fathers and sons walking down the street and having a good laugh and talking, you know, and the son is like 13 and the dad's been going to work every day for most of his life and just comes home at the end of it all and the kid goes to school. But now they're together and then when they get home, they can make something together. So in this crisis, there is an opportunity for connection because the loss of connection is one of the biggest isolating features of this pandemic is that all of a sudden you can't just go see your friends. You can't, I have a 94 year old mother. I can't just go see her. I would be endangering her life. So we have to find ways to connect as well, I would imagine. And, and I know technology helps, but I guess we also have to pick who we want to connect with. Connection is definitely key. We do know that as, as human beings, we are all um, social creatures. We do need, there's this inherent need to connect. And thank goodness that right now, thanks to technology, um, because you know we're all talking, imagine if this was, let's say 20, 30 years ago, um, thanks to technology right now, we are really able to connect. And you know, initially going back to the cooking and the baking that you mentioned, it really brought a big smile to my face. I really started mm. laughing because you're so right. What I really say right now is that I, I also feel it appears that COVID has turned everyone into cooking and baking as well. Uh, you know, I went to the grocery store the other day and everything was filled up, everything, um, you know, you could see the shelves, except 
for the baking powder. And then they had said, essentially, they had even themselves said, yes, everyone is now uh, baking. Yeah, and I love it. <laughs> yes, definitely. So a lot of people are right now we've been exploring. But, you know, you know, related to things that you were mentioning is really what are the positives that we are able to identify every day? Uh, we do need to practice gratitude um, every single day as well for what we have and the positives. And, and of course, this is a difficult and challenging time, but it is something that also practicing resiliency, which we do know uh, is an ongoing process, we will be able to develop our personal growth. Developing our personal growth, boosting our resiliency and protective factors. And, and we're all in this together. So all of us regrouping, all of us uh, together, focusing on positives, practicing gratitude, laughter and humor every day as much as we are able to, uh, engaging in jokes, anything we are able to. And all of those and this life experience here will contribute to our psychological growth. And ourselves and self-learning. One of the things that is um, sales are going up in liquor stores. And I'm sure pot sales are up too. Numbing, numbing and self, you know, of yourself and spacing out. Given that we've lost some sense of control of our lives and that we are fearful, that we don't know, did I touch the wrong thing? Uh, we, we have dreams at night where there's something after us and we're, we're, we're having a run, you know. So that kind of spacing out, that numbing that we're doing as well, uh, what do we do about that? Because that can really trigger some depression and can trigger anxiety and, and all kinds of other things. That can definitely increase the risk for, you know, depression, anxiety, obviously substance use disorder. You know, what is interesting is that even during the most difficult time, we have more control over things that we think we do. Feeling I don't have control is often it's related to feeling helpless, feeling powerless, and which are key features of anxiety. When we feel hopeless, so hopeless is, doesn't matter what I'm going to do, things will never change, is a key feature of depression. We actually have more control than we think so it's very important to think about what is I have control over well I have control maybe I'm making my own meal cleaning my house doing my grocery shopping calling a loved one calling a friend and reaching out a lot of things we have control over um, it's as part of self-care and self-kindness and developing a psychological growth and resiliency healthy coping very important it is when we numb ourselves to the point that let's say um, it could be alcohol or, or any other unhealthy strategies this is when actually we're even least likely to have any control and this right now because of the difficulties that we are going through self-kindness and as part of self-kindness is the self-compassion in ensuring that again if there's alcohol we use it moderately uh, we are it's a healthy diet and exercise tremendously important as part of mental health promotion and prevention and part of what you were just talking about is also you know really creating a, your own feeling of safety, having your own, making your house your oasis as opposed to your prison will probably help uh, a lot of people because we, we're all talking about being trapped, not being able to get out. But, you know, for some people, maybe you get back some sense of agency by cleaning out that closet that's been sitting there staring at you for four years or, you know, painting the steps, uh, going up to the second floor, and just things that make you have some sense of ownership of your own situation would probably help. Making meaning seems to be another important thing as well. 
you know, uh, these kinds of events can trigger all kinds of feelings in different people. Um, some, you know, it, it could be a friend of mine, his, his trigger right now is that he lived through the AIDS epidemic many years ago. And a pandemic to him is all the triggers of those re old memories. And it's making him sad because he has to remember what he went through that time. So some of this can be tr uh, triggers for trauma, couldn't it? Definitely, especially if it's related to um, some personal and private and past experiences, it can definitely revive uh, memories, some distressing thoughts, including it could be bad dreams. You know, going back to earlier, you mentioned the importance of engaging in some key projects. For some people, again, cooking or baking some new recipes is a significant, meaningful project. Others, it could be, you know, starting to read their favorite books or start writing. Uh, for others, it is, you know, the sewing and the kneading, or it could be, again, any meaningful activities. Others, it is participating in yoga or dancing classes. Any of those meaningful activities, significant projects are definitely part of our um, uh, mental health promotion and prevention. And of course here, um, it is, becomes more difficult if any, whatever we're going through right now, revive some past experiences. And in those cases, what we hear sometimes people also do, they share their wisdom. They share really very much um, what helped them um, and what helped them to put through every day, every week and survive. So once again, it's really referring to post-traumatic growth and psychological growth. And here also keeping in mind that if we feel that every day our symptoms increase over time, the distress increases over time, that it becomes immensely difficult to engage in any activities um, every single day, day-to-day -day responsibilities or our obligations, it's very important, again, not to suffer in silence. Um, professional help is always there. We do, we do have effective treatment. And of course, right now, most treatments are done uh, remotely, virtual therapy, telemedicine. So there is camich.ca. COVID-19 website, people can search into. There is as well the Ontario Psychological Association, list of members and psychologists. And so there is definitely help, help and effective treatment available. There's social workers as well. There's psychotherapists. There's uh, people who are doing their practices on Zoom. So there, there is a, a, a network of support if, if you want one. You know, one of the things before we get to the end of our podcast, and by the way, this is the Plan B podcast. I'm Ralph ben and I'm talking to Dr. Caddy Kamkar, clinical psychologist at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. And we're trying to figure out how, how in a mental health way do we navigate through what is going on, this pandemic, this uh, epic moment in, in our modern history. One of the things that I think is really interesting, and I'd love to hear what your thought is on it, is the loss of identity. You know, we see ourselves in a certain way. I'm the person who got in the car and drove for 45 minutes to an hour to get to this job where I'm doing okay and it's getting better. And what? I'm out of a job. I, I'm sitting at home. I'm not that person. Um, that loss of identity of who we thought we were. I, I tend to think of it as a double-edged sword. Part of it is giving us a break from constantly having to reinforce being somebody out there in the world. But the other part of it is losing that sense of status and self in society. So how does that affect us mentally? You know, what you mentioned here is it's one of the contributors to the distress and distress that most people are experiencing because there is a tendency for all of us 
to associate all our activities and everything that we do to our identity. In a way, it also does make sense because we work hard and, and, and you know, and then suddenly, and when we feel that we have lost it or our everyday activities or whatever key responsibilities, especially the way we were doing it, the routine. And so, especially we have noticed this shattering suddenly happening. It is the, as you mentioned here, there's a sense of identity that we feel that has been crushed. And of course, then it could lead to, um, the self-esteem and the, the self-confidence are going down. Mm -hmm. What is very important is we cannot look at the outcome of an event to evaluate and measure the sense of self. Also, it is also not because we are not doing something the way we were doing or we are not essentially not doing it altogether that it means that we are not who we were. Everything that we had done, it, it was us. So our list of accomplishment, um, uh, achievement, and the qualities and the positives, very important for all of us to be mindful of those and to include them as a list of positives every day. But also, as you had mentioned, the importance of setting up key projects and meaningful activities as a part of our routine and structure every single day, it is also as a way to, for us, to um, continuously have this healthy view of, our, of ourselves and the sense of self and uh, identity. But there's going to be some real challenges. Some people are going to lose uh, their businesses. There are people who have lost their jobs that probably won't come back in the same way. And then we're all stuck in our houses. And sometimes I worry about domestic abuse through that loss of identity and self that, you, you know, you, you, when people lose work, uh, it can get ugly. Uh, and when people are afraid about their future, it can get ugly. Uh, so I do know there's a bit of an uptick when it comes to uh, women looking for sh safe harbor in these times. What do we do about that? How do we help the people to, to be safe in that? And how can a person help themselves doing that? Yeah, so there are key things here. Um, the first is, tremendously important to always seek into uh, reliable and credible sources to see what are the community resources available, what are the key numbers and the websites and the information available. So going back to, we need to do something. What is, I need to do something. I need to focus on what I have control over. So it's going back to those, again, reliable and credible sources and websites to look here at what are some of the help available to me. So as you mentioned here, definitely domestic violence. So what are the shelters here? Um, you mentioned also examples of losing one's job and their finances. What are some of the key government websites here, provincial and federal and government websites to be able to, um, to once again, as part of focusing on what I have control over is what, how can I, um, uh, problem solve here, what are some of the key stressors that, that are going on. When, when we do this, it becomes part of self-care and self-kindness. So very important here, what do I have control over? And of course, reaching out, seeking support, calling loved ones, calling friends, calling family. So reaching out and also looking at the reliable websites to know where to go, what to do, of course, to ensure safety. And of course, when it comes to employment and finances, how is it that the government here can uh, can help me? And there's also this idea that, the, like, you know, 
a lot of us thought, okay, this is on, we're going to have to do something about this and buckle down. And now we're getting to about 30 days, 35 days, 40 days. How long will this go on? There's a lot of good coping mechanisms in what you're, what you're saying, but I, I do wonder where that sense of what's the point of getting out of bed, that sense of depression starts to sink in for some people. And what do we what do we do to 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 stop that? Do we, is it a question of reaching out and making sure you keep your social connections? You know, do you make it a do you get in touch with somebody and say, "I'll zoom you," or we'll sit on a phone together at uh, six o'clock on Saturday night and we'll have a glass of wine together and just have a chat? Uh, what do we do to make sure we don't fall into the pit, as it were? So people do that. Um, not everyone, but as a very strong and a great reminder in that now we are, you know, we are hearing people having their birthday celebrations through FaceTime or Skype or Zoom. We are hearing that, as you mentioned, some people having their Saturday night event, um, uh, though everyone is eating pizza, order their meal, they prepare their meal in their, in their, they're in their home, and essentially they're having a virtual meeting and uh, spending the afternoon or the evening together again it's how we are able to be connected now of course everyone's mind is you know okay another month and another month and when and, and so on I think once again is how can we take it one day and one week at a time the thing is that it, it's difficult to you know we 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 also sometimes we change over over time too and needs change over time but also our resiliency uh, sense of personal growth can also increase over time. There is also sense of adjustment that gets better also over time as well. So it doesn't always mean that whenever we hear that a time it has been added, that it means that it's going to go south and we're not be going to be able to deal with it as well. But it, it because we might not necessarily be the same person either. We might feel stronger. We might feel that, yes, I have better coping mechanisms. I've been finally better adjusted to it and so on. Um, but right now is really around, okay, no, remembering that there is a light at, at the end of the tunnel is not going to be forever. It is going to be now for a cer certain period of time. Period of time doesn't mean once again it's going to be forever. So we want to remind ourselves of that. But also remind ourselves that the best we are able to focus on what I have control over, that I can cope with it, I can adjust it, then over time it also gets easier as well. But right now is, you know, it is like right now it is April. So let's focus here right now for the month of April. And then um, in a month, we can again, we are going to talk about the next month. It might be the same worry. Right. It's going to be different worries. And of course, always the same coping mechanisms as well. I guess it's really how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And that's what we're having to do. <laughs> one bite at a time. Exactly. Right <laughs> now we are April. It's our one bite right now. <laughs> well, listen, we got through this entire podcast with neither your children, your child or my children actually running into it and going, mom, dad. So I think we, we've, we're successful. We've, we've got through. I want to thank you for the time that you've taken to talk to us, Dr. Kamkar. I really appreciate it. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, thank you so much for your, uh, for your incredible work. Thank you for that. Take care of yourself. Take care and be safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dr. Caddy Kamkar is a clinical psychologist at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. And she joined me from Toronto. I'm Ralph Benmergi. This is Plan B, my friends. And uh, we are part of Upstream. If you want more information on Upstream, 
www.thinkupstream.net is the website to go to and you'll get the day the weekly newsletter from uh, trish hennessy the ceo of upstream and um, lots of information there on how to help you in this time of pandemic upstream is uh, partially made possible through the auspices of the government of canada take care of each other and we'll see you soon